a question. Don't question. You can't tell you what questions we're going to ask you. Man. I didn't know I was going to ask. Don't ask about me. We don't ask because we don't even know. No, I didn't know what I was going to ask. Welcome to Flipping Off, a purpose-driven podcast about flipping houses and making a difference. Hey, everybody. Melina Boswell here with my wonderful husband, Dave Boswell, <laughs> uh, founder and co-founder. I don't know who's the co, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> founders of New Wealth Advisors Club, also known as NWAC, or some people say NWAC. Don't really know why. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so good day. Today, we have special guests in the um, studio, Frank Luna and Kathy Luna. Oh. Yep. In the house. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, And they're so my. cute. They're both wearing their NWAC shirts. It's so cute. Oh. How cool. Aww. Those shirts are awesome. They are. Did you what? guys plan that? No. No. Uh, really? No. I got dressed first. Oh. So he copied you. Yes, he did. Yes. Like always. Like usual. <laughs> yep. Whatever so you want funny. to say, honey. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Dave and I do that a lot. Smart it's response. Funny. Smart response there, Frank. <laughs> yep. Thank good, you. good, good. Happy wife, happy life. That's right. Write it down. <laughs> All right. So, well, thanks, honey, for calling me wonderful, but I would throw it back at you, and everybody clearly knows I married way, way outside my pay grade. So, um, we are, so we're sitting here with Frank and Kathy, who, this is going to be one of those podcasts where I'm like, oh, gosh, so we're going to have to bring this around because we have been friends for a long time, like a long time. I met you 17, 17 years ago, I think. Seven, yeah, yeah. gosh, <laughs> 17 years ago to think about, you know, our kids were like, you know, babies when yes. we we all met, right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I looked the other day and there was pictures of literally like Matthew and Michael and they're like little, little, little people. And now... You know, Matthew comes in with his very deep voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously they weren't born yet. That's just that's true. That's yeah, true. Yeah. I forget about that yeah. whole process. <laughs> Holy That's right. We just had two. Yeah. You only had two. Yeah. And and now you got four kids. Four. 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 Kids. That's right. As he says all the time. Yeah, every time I came to see you to do my taxes, we just kept adding another dependent. Another dependent. <laughs> So that's actually how we met. Uh, Frank and Kathy were some of my very first tax clients and a referral from a referral from somebody and and uh, I was doing their taxes and um, we had some we had some good times at that. I remember I actually remember you guys coming in every year and having that conversation of, you know, kind of making more money and not really or working more hours but not really making more money. That's right. A lot of overtime and uh, it seems like my paycheck got smaller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you were doing um, what, what's the actual title you had back in the day? What, what, what? When you first started doing my um, taxes, I was basically a general worker, and by the time you finished doing my taxes, I was a lead pressman uh, running a very complicated printing press. A complicated printing press. Yep. And um, and Kathy, you were working at what, what were you doing at the time? I, I, I Arrowhead Water. Yeah. No, at the. At the time that we started taxes with you, I think I was with uh, Edwards Theaters. Okay. I was the manager of Edwards Theaters. Mm-hmm. And you're working it, and then and then over at uh, the water company. So here we are. Gosh, how many years now? So, so since the very beginning, we started this club. You've you've been there. Yeah. 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 That's kind of that's really crazy to think about. You mm-hmm. know. So let's let's kind of go back to that. So 
you're do, we're doing taxes and you kind of watched, I think you kind of watched the, you got to see the, the metamorphosis, if you will, of Melina and I and what was happening, right? Mm-hmm. Going from one little tiny shoebox office to another office to another office to ultimately the big office now. So, you know, and I remember Frank saying, um, gosh, I'm getting laid off or they're closing the company. Yep, 2009. 2009. Yep. Right. What do I do? Pe- a lot of people got laid off that year. Yeah. Um, I, I I already known that I was interested in real estate investing. I knew you were doing it. And I was like, well, I know this guy got me excited about the prospect of, you know, learning and doing some real estate uh, for a time. And I was thinking I was going to do it until uh, maybe the economy picked up. I, I was thinking like a year to two years at the most that I'd, I would learn about real estate. And I even thought about getting my real estate license, you know, but I um, I believed that it was possible. So I saw you flipping houses, but I just didn't know if it was 100% for me uh, due to, you know, the communication that needed to take place between sellers and what we uh, now call a motivated seller. You know, I, mm-hmm. I didn't know what that was going to look like. Hmm. That was my challenge if I was going to be able to learn that. Because hmm. hmm. you were accustomed to talking to a printing press. Yeah, um, I was just pretty much ran the press. I had a crew. They did what I said, and that was it. I didn't really have to learn how to – I didn't have to learn those people skills so as much as um, you do when you're trying to find and solve somebody's issue and really get to the heart of it and connect with them. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, that was the hardest part of that, that journey or that uh, transition for sure. Interesting to hear that. You know. Yeah, I don't even know that I knew that. I don't know that I'd ever heard you articulate that, but that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I, I Yes, I could totally like I, see that. I could totally have a conversation with somebody sure. f- from a perspective of having fun. That's easy, <laughs> right? <laughs> then when you start talking about issues and really yeah. drawing out, yeah. that's completely different. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yep, that's good. So here we are several years later. So what happens though? A year goes by and you're like, hmm. Well, uh, a year b- goes by, and I did get some real estate um, deals into the pipeline, short sales. I kind of uh, tripped on those, stumbled on them just in, in everyday life. And I, I really didn't, I didn't know if I could duplicate that other than just referrals. And uh, during that process, I really thought about it and thought, I got to get a system, and I have to be able to repeat that without just, you know, from people that I knew. Mm-hmm. So. That's what I focused on after that first year, and I didn't go. I never applied for a printing job. <laughs> I definitely thought about it, but I never actually put in an application for another printing job. It wasn't an option. Right? <laughs> well, it was there. I was definitely there. was in the back of my mind yeah. the whole time. So there was like that Plan B always. Yeah, and I didn't even learn. I didn't learn about the Plan B, so I didn't know that, that was sabotaging myself until uh, I let that go and. I heard that conversation about having a plan B, and I was like, that's a plan B. I just, I just thought that was part of life. It's options. And I realized that um, having that in the back of my head was kind of holding me back from, you know, being 100% in. Mm-hmm. Mm, got it. So you come, and Frank comes to me, and he's like, okay, I'm, I'm interested in what you're doing, and can you show me this? And I really need to figure this out because the economy had tanked, and there wasn't going to be printing jobs anytime soon. And so I remember kind of having some of those conversations. And then um, you essentially said, okay, I'm going to do this and lived on what little bit of 
retirement you had saved up and yep. those kind of things. I remember those first few liens were first few years were pretty lean and trying to like figure it out and and there were some a lot of struggles there for sure, you know. It was it was super challenging, super stressful. And um I think if it was it was just me, you know, no wife minus the four kids. <laughs> I could have been on like the a, twelve dogs and the Yeah. Yeah. I could have been on somebody's couch, you know, so while I learned how to do this. But on the other side the wife, the four kids, was definitely a driving factor to make sure I was able to get this done. And if not, that's why I had that plan B in the back of my mind. If this doesn't work out, I kept giving myself dates. By this date, you know, then um, something would come through and I'd, I'd, I'd get some money. But it was um, it was a very interesting process. And I think uh, just going back, I really wasn't somebody that was a quitter. So... I think what I, my plan was probably to close some deals, get successful, get a handle on that, and then I'll go get a, a job. So mm-hmm. I can feel like I accomplished that. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. I don't know that I've ever heard you articulate that either. Mm. Yeah, that was definitely a thought. Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to leave without having, all right, sure. I learned how to do this. I closed some deals. I can say I was a success there. <laughs> and I um, could go and do printing again. Mm. Because, that, you know, at the end of the day, learning and doing that, going through that process was not easy. No. And, right. um it's not easy to this day, but it's definitely repeatable now. There's definitely um, – I don't feel that struggle anymore. But getting to this point, it was very um, – very. I grew a lot more than I knew that I needed to or could, actually. Wow. It's so interesting. When you're talking, I keep on – in my head, I keep on visualizing, um, you know, the, the cocoon, right? <laughs> mm. That's what I, I – I just keep on seeing the, the caterpillar or the – yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The caterpillar, right? In the, in the cocoon and just it, the struggle that it goes through. That's a lot. That's what I keep on thinking of when I'm thinking about the two of you. You guys are total caterpillars. Mm. That's, that's a great That's analogy. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because we, we didn't even know. I mean, you think about the caterpillar and going through that stage, they don't know that. Right. Right. They don't know. No, they have no idea. Yeah. So, well, if you've ever no watched idea. them, yeah. If you've watched <laughs> them in the cocoon, it's, they have to work really, really hard to break out of that really hard in order to become the butterfly. Right. And the other side, when you try to help that process, you kind of destroy it. That's right. <laughs> you could destroy it. Yeah. Well. Yeah. For sure. It has to do it itself. It does. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. <laughs> so then <laughs> you're in, right? Yeah. And here we have today, things look so different. And we could sit here and talk. I was thinking about, I'm like, oh my gosh, with all of our history together, we could, we could sit and talk for... For hours about yeah. all this, right? I mean, my gosh, going from one office to the next office to growing the office to expanding the office. I can remember putting the office together, and I remember Frank showing up with, you know, his gloves on, his mask, and remember that good old insulating those oh, walls yeah. and the insulation. Yeah, I'm like nemesis. Mm-hmm. That was, that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was the worst thing I ever did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have those pictures of us doing that, and yeah, oh man, that was that was good stuff. And then. Kathy's Kathy's still got a job at that at that time, right? You're still working, mm-hmm. and yep. um, that was a struggle. I mean, you're working graveyard at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which if everybody knows what graveyard is like, but you, you know, you're like a zombie, you know, for several days a week. So you're trying to hold down the fort while Frank's trying to figure this thing out, yes. right? And um, you end up getting really hurt at work, right? I mean, that's yes. kind of what started this. Got us into this this position. Was that, refresh my memory. Was that is that right? Yes. So you got hurt at work and couldn't really do that job anymore. Right. And so Kathy says, "Well, I'm going to help Frank with his business. Like, 
what does that look like? I don't I don't really want to learn real estate. That's a that's a Correct. fair statement. Is that a fair statement? That is a fair statement. <laughs> no <Is> desire. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little bit now, but uh-huh. in the beginning it was I just like the people. I wanted to be around people. Right. You do realize this is just a people game. I know that, but I like club member people. <laughs> <laughs> the relationship part, which is important, obviously. So Kathy says, Frank, I, I want to help. And I want to help you inside your business. And as the club was growing and expanding, um, that evolved into a place where we are now, where you know, Frank, we call him our, our operations manager. And um, Kathy really, um, gosh, it, it, Everything. I don't know what the, I don't want to label her as, but she does everything inside the club and helping and and so forth. And we have this really cool synergy amongst the four of us. Mm-hmm. To you know, Frank's company really provides you know ancillary services um, for the club, and so that keeps our club with you know no payroll and so forth. And we can we can be able to um, do what we do and keep it you know our club membership affordable really for everybody with mm-hmm. without the uh, overhead of of that and and. I think it's, a, for us at least, really cool perspective is that um, with no employees, you don't really have that employee mentality. Like you both have a, a business ownership and a vested interest in like providing a really cool atmosphere, you know, in the club and mm-hmm, right. allowing people to come in. Like you just said, I love the members. I love talking to the people and, you know. That's yeah, really I would important. say I would say Kathy's like the administrative glue that holds the club together, Right. Like, that's kind of what what you do. You know, she provides um, support, so administrative support, so making sure, you know, that you know, people, classes, you know, like the registrar, if you will, you know, right. and that emails go out and things like that. But I think probably nine times out of ten, she you provide um, moral and emotional support for people all the time. They, everybody knows they can call the club and <laughs> Kathy will be there. And, you know, half the time she has the phone forwarded to her cell phone and she texts with people and, you know, has a, has a very authentic relationship with people because you truly care about what's happening in their lives. It gives you the opportunity to to serve them in a way that I know nobody else does. And so that's a, you know, sort of a, um, I mean, it's not only unique, it's really priceless. You can't really put a, you can't put a price tag on somebody's heart and their um, desire and passion to see other people's success and for other people to be healthy emotionally, spiritually, mentally. You know, I know that you end up coaching a lot of people through a bunch of their caca. <laughs> caca is a technical term. Yes, right? it is. Yes. Yeah. It helps me with that yeah. quite a bit too. Yeah. <laughs> My caca. Yeah. It's your, it's your continuous actions causing, you know, you're continuing, um, Tim, what is it? Continuing <laughs> crazy actions creating. No. There's an acronym <laughs> for it. And Oh, crazy attitude. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So Tim made up this acronym for caca. I just say caca and I meant like poop. And he, <laughs> he, he put some cool acronym. <laughs> Look at there in the background going, oh, yeah, the microphone's still on. Oh, yeah. Those are that Tim is actually. Uh, Hanging out in the studio, and look at you. Look at you. Looked over him like, uh, there's an acronym. I was trying to remember what's the acronym. Yeah, it's your, yeah, (laughs) it's your crazy attitude causing actions. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, all right. So, anyways, (laughs) that was fun. (laughs) It just pops in. Uh, Well, with that, you know, things have 
definitely grown for you. That repeatability, um, I think that's a really, a really good point that you made earlier, Frank, just about the the idea of I, I got to be able to repeat this. I got to be able to do this again and, and do it again. And then, you know, one of the things that we focus on is really building up, you know, that that new club member that comes in who was once in our exact same spots, right? You know, yep. our club is filled with, you know, experienced people, but, you know, obviously a lot of newbies, people that like yourselves may be listening to this right now going, what is this club all about and what do they do? And, you know, part of our goal is to create some sort of cookie cutter process where people could plug into a system that's already done. And then we could take that new person and plug them into a team of people that are doing this, find a role and responsibility for them to be able to do. And, you know, in the beginning, a lot, oftentimes that's, you know, look, I got to find a lead and then I need help. And so you've been able to put together um, your own team of people now. And yes. um, you know, I know like um, any day, I know you have a, that, that deal, that fix and flip you've been working on right now. That's pretty yeah. much done. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, we're scheduled to close by January 25th. I'm <laughs> hoping we're going to close before that. Um, the buyer really wanted to close before that. There was a few uh, repair requests that we took care of. Nothing serious. So nothing's almost back. Should be done by the 25th. And I'm doing that deal with the student, Daniel uh, Burquist, and his wife, Monique Burquist. And uh, we've been, you know, I've been mentoring them on real estate as just like I wanted to be, just what took place for me. And uh, what's funny is they're almost in a mirror image of my wife and me. <laughs> the same exact struggles, the same conversations. So it's been um, very um, enlightening for me because I didn't, I wouldn't have realized it until I met them and started seeing. I was like, oh, that those are some of our struggles learning the business and everything. So we've been able to coach them through that. You know, those like you talked about those first two years of learning the business and getting, you know, getting some deals here and there referral and just helping them to go through that process of understanding that it is a process. Right. It's not a, a get rich quick anything. It's you have to learn how to do this and you have to stay consistent. And I definitely struggled with consistency, which um, me and Dan both share that. So we connected on so many levels. I never would have, you know, um, I, it couldn't have uh, just didn't know what could, was possible as far as that. Mm. But uh, the similarities are just, I've just really helped their process, helped me as a coach as well. Uh, definitely stretched me as far as my ability to give and um, and guide and also uh, just really caused me to um, be the best coach that I could be because of all of those things. But Wait, are you saying that you not only coached him through a real mm-hmm. estate transaction, but you coached him in his personal life, including his marriage? And that's what I'm saying, yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. That's... <laughs> it's kind of the glue that works. I mean, when we uh, when we talk about it all the time how we're all so different, mm-hmm. you know, like in the club, how we meet so many different people, and we would never meet otherwise, right? Right? Yeah. Like real estate brings us together, you know, because everybody says, "Oh, I want to do real estate. I want to do real estate," and you know, they watch too much TV and and think that somehow that you know reality TV tells them that you know I can do this in thirty minutes. I can you know go find that deal and close that deal really quick, and then. You know, from the word go, we tell people, look, this is this is not get rich quick anything. This mm-hmm. is, you know, you didn't just find that deal in a few minutes. It, it may be a year. It may take two years. It, you may have to go through a process and personal process in yourself before you're even ready to make that, that kind of money or close that kind of uh, a real estate transaction because, you know, personally, you're not, you're not ready for it. We've even experienced some of that. We've mm-hmm. watched people make... 
a lot of money and, and it's not necessarily a good thing in their life, yep. you know, and they've, they've had struggles with that. It's come too easy sometimes and so forth. So I think it's, um, I think it's really cool then and insightful that, that Frank is, you know, and, and I know Kathy as well, like with Monique on, you know, a personal level at the same time. And I, what, what a, what a cool part of that glue that's allowed you guys to partner up and then, you know, closing that deal. What, what, I know we're a few days away from you closing, but any idea what's what's the profit look like on that thing? Uh, profit right now looks like it's going to be sixty thousand. Sixty thousand dollars, and that, I mean, <laughs> we we throw numbers around the club all the time, and mm-hmm. we're all we're all guilty of it. But we'll say like, oh yeah, we made sixty thousand on that deal. Mm-hmm. Sixty thousand dollars. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a freaking lot of money. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it sure is. I mean, I mean, I'm very excited about it. And, you know, I would say my first deal or two that I closed, like we talk about, whoa, that's my first deal. Um, well, you know, I think it's good when you get to the point where, um, as far as consistency for me, where I'm not looking at that big payday. Because that big payday, like you talk about, could be something that kind of sets you back because you kind of get you relax. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually have two other deals, one I just acquired and another one that's um, on the market. So... I think that for me is the biggest difference. Before I'd get one deal, mm. kind of take my foot off the gas and mm-hmm. be kind of comfortable with that. Um, but yeah, I got to I got to be able to celebrate uh, those those paydays that are coming in, which um, I, I I need to get comfortable with that because at the end of the day, there's just this piece of me, this little part where it's like, well, I close that deal. Uh, and I don't want to get overexcited about it, you know. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> you know, I don't want I, I don't know how to explain that. It's just that um uh, just that reservation. You know what it is? I think I think it's there there comes a point and it's something I think I started I've said a few times that you know being a real estate investor and specifically a real estate investor uh, inside the the NWAC club is that I mean, it's a lifestyle. And I, I don't know that we've ever, you know, I, I think that we need to really understand that it is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle of, um, well, what I, what, you know, I'm always never working, right? We're always never working. <laughs> so it's, right? That's right. what it is because it's so much more than just closing real estate transactions. You're, you know, because like just what you're talking about right now, you're talking about the opportunity to uh, coach another, a young couple who has been married, you know, half the time that you've been married, uh, that has two children, that that is struggling with, you know, the husband doing this full time, the wife still working. Right. Mm-hmm. It's 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 identical, and, mm-hmm. and just the opportunity that you guys have had to coach them through this personally as well as professionally. Mm-hmm. That is such a unique thing, and so it is difficult. I think a lot of times for people to you know wrap their minds around it, and for Frank saying I I don't want to celebrate that deal too much because it's almost as if it's so good that it's too good to believe like that Mm. it can continue going on we don't really like embrace it that this is our lifestyle this is who we are this is what we do it's what we do day in and day out right right yep 100 percent. i mean um if you get for me when i get too focused on that um dollar amount it it can remove me from my focus on which brought me that deal which was going out and serving homeowners yeah so i really want to stay focused on that and uh, just let the money come um, yeah, there does have to be a time where I stop and, all right, we made 60 grand. That's amazing. We have, you know, that's what's keeping us in this business. Right. But uh, it's too easy for me to lose focus if I focus on the wrong thing. But, mm. you know, I'm really excited for that. And the other, every deal that I've closed, when I look back, it's just a part of my journey 
and learning lesson to get into the point where I, I can duplicate the process and I know I can so I don't live in scarcity, which mm-hmm. is very easy to do. Yeah, that's a great point. It's a really good point. I was thinking about that because um, Frank closes deals, you guys close deals, and then we never hear about it. So he doesn't ever like celebrate it. You know, he doesn't want to, he just kind of was like, yeah, I just, you know, whatever. And so. I have to choke the details out of them. (laughs) Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was cool. Just seeing your growth in that, like alone has been pretty phenomenal for me, Frank. Um, Because like, for example, at my class last, um, my last class, Frank got up and uh, I kind of put him on the spot without him knowing it. He walked up to the front of the room thinking he was doing something. And I said, oh, here's the mic. Get on, get on this stage. You're going to role play. And he kind of looked at me like, what? I'm not, I was like, yeah, that's what you're going to do right now. And I realized in all the years that you've been here, you've never done that. And so I kind of just threw him under the bus and he was amazing. He was so amazing up there. And it's funny because I realized how many people don't know that side of Frank at all. They don't know that side of you like I do, like maybe Dave and I do, you know, uh, or people that are intimately close, you know, close with you. And so it was a a cool opportunity to watch Frank um, let other people see his talents and gifts that, you know, outside of your comfort zone, like in a huge way. Yeah, it, um, I, I just don't like to be the center of attention on something like to me is so important and critical. Like if I'm going to go up there, I want to make sure I have all my, you know, I's dotted, T's crossed, that, that I'm not going to say anything or do anything that um, is not correct or won't help somebody through their growth process. And uh, I, I think more than ever this year and the last quarter, I've just come around to being more comfortable with that I don't have to say everything correctly. It doesn't have to be the 100% answer. And I think as a result of that, that's what you saw on the stage mm-hmm. when we were getting what I thought were questions that that mattered. In the past, I would want to talk people through that and try to understand their perspective. But, you know, everybody – the team of coaches that we have is so diverse yeah. that just being able to talk to those many coaches with different perspectives so that every student can hold on and go, yep, that's that's my approach. That's – we'll – will work for me. So whoever that was able to serve, I know not every student can use or, or, or um, what the way my method is, but I know there are certain students that could really um, attach themselves to that. Now, that's a great conversation. I love that. They're going to use that. Absolutely. So that's, uh, yeah, I feel a lot more comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool. What a, mm-hmm. what a transformation from 17 years ago to even uh I, I Frank used to literally of course he still does sometimes but his normal method of communication was like syllables like mm, yeah mm, ah. <laughs> like <laughs> grunts and syllables and that was it <laughs> I still might grunt once well that's while. true well you do but <laughs> I'm just less saying often, yeah. <laughs> around people you're not um, comfortable with so, <laughs> or maybe that you just don't why, know. Why you got to bring that up? Because uh, 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 we keep it real around Good. here. Because we can. <laughs> yeah. So, Kathy, I, I actually would like, if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to hear you share um, your perspective on on the club and what it provides for people. Because I think you have such a unique perspective. I was, Are you gonna thinking, I was thinking Kathy has got to have the most unique perspective, mm-hmm. um, you know, aside from obviously you probably have the most, you know, the most intimate relationships with people, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the mentoring that you do and so forth. And, and, um, I think I, I, I wanted to hear it as well. Like what, what, tell us about your perspective. And I know it's a, that's a question you're like, Hmm, what does that mean exactly? Yeah, I don't, for me, it's simple. It's the home of the misfits. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. That's as simple as it gets for me. Mm-hmm. You know, Explain it's, that. It's, it's a place where all kinds of different people come together with one common goal, and we're all unique and different, but we can all, you know, be successful together as a team. Mm-hmm. It makes me emotional. I was just going to say, so what, what, what makes you emotional about that? Looking at you right now, you're like... I think for me, because I feel like a misfit mm-hmm. at times. And so living this lifestyle, I would have never guessed it would have been possible for us. Mm. So now that I see since 2009, you know, we've been, we've been in this business. It's possible. Hmm. like dreams do come true and so that's why I love the club members and what I do the position you guys gave me at the club allows me to help people walk through like you can do this don't give up there's a place for you here you know the club for me is hope Oh, gosh, I didn't want to cry. <laughs> um, it just makes me emotional when I think about our journey. Because for me, it, you know, my boys always tell us, like, Mom, we're rich. You know? <laughs> my older ones tell me that. Mm-hmm. You know, my 24-year-old Patty and my 20-year-old Jacob, they're like, the boys don't even know, like, how we used to live. And I didn't think it was bad. We didn't live bad, but we did struggle, and they knew it. So for them, they're like, we're rich. Matthew and Michael don't even know, like, the struggles we've had. And so, and and it's only because of NWAC. It's only because you and Dave, Melina and Dave, um, the opportunity you give people to build a business and build themselves personally that allows somebody to live out a dream. Wow. So for me, you know, Melina, you always say it's the home of the misfits, and, and I really believe it is. Mm-hmm. I really believe we have so many different age groups and ethnic backgrounds and religions and different people that come to the club, and they're attracted because of real estate. But at the end of the day, they're not really. Mm-hmm. Like they're looking to live a dream and a lifestyle and be a certain kind of person that they get to grow into that person being at the club. And then they do real estate as a byproduct. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, you know. You know, for me, I don't, I'm just, you know, here to support Frank through the business. Um, and like I said, you've given me the opportunity of doing what I do at the club. Um, which I, I believe is like customer service. <laughs> um, but I love it. I, you know, I, I love what I do. I really do. And um, like I said, I, I am finding a little bit of an interest to do real estate now. I, you know, I do door knock with one of our, our club members, um, Nancy. You know, she's kind of teaching me <laughs> some stuff. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just... 
I, I think what we do at the club is absolutely change lives, mm-hmm. if not save lives. Hmm. Um, and it just, it, it makes, it has somebody realize who they are as a person. You come to realize your, your purpose in life if you didn't have one. And you can just be you. And Kathy, would you, would you tell everybody what your two-word purpose statement is? Your personal purpose statement? Inspiring hope. Inspiring <laughs> hope. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, so what you're hearing right now is somebody who's truly living out her core purpose. Like every single day in her life, she gets to live out inspiring hope. She lives it every single day. And uh, that is what I, I believe that is what, and it should move you the way it moves Kathy. It moved every one of us here, and I'm sure people listening, um, it, it moves you. And I think it's the most important thing that you can do. And I do challenge people to, uh, I give them an exercise through the club to determine what your two-word purpose statement is. So Dave's is, why don't you tell them what yours is? Ah, <laughs> we'll get off on a huge tangent, but... Uh, say the words. <laughs> provoking greatness. Yeah. Frank, what's yours? Is liberating greatness. Mm-hmm. And um, I, got, I got really stuck between inspiring hope and liberating greatness. And I uh, realized I want to inspire hope to liberate greatness. So it's liberating greatness. That's awesome. Yeah. And mine is mine is imparting wisdom. Yeah. So if those words move you or inspire you or you feel uh, somehow attracted to finding out what your two-word purpose statement is, you can get it at the club. And when you do start to live it, and I think we've heard from every one of us today, uh, each one of us living that out, Frank clearly living it out by liberating greatness in Daniel and Monique mm-hmm. and their marriage uh, and then even in his own life and then Dave being able <laughs> to provoke greatness in people is uh, what he does day in and day out. Dave is a provoker uh, which is a unique quality and that is what he does every single day and Kathy clearly inspires hope in people every day. She's so passionate about it that it moves her to tears when she <laughs> thinks about the opportunity that she gets to inspire hope in other people every day, all day long. And for myself, the idea that I get to impart wisdom um, into people's life is what keeps me going as well. It's certainly not doing flips. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) No doubt. No doubt. Well, I just want to say thank you both for being here. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your transparency. Thank you for your friendship. And and, uh, a really big one for me, thank you for your, your commitment and your loyalty um, to our families and to the people that are there and and our huge group of misfits. Mm -hmm. So if you're a misfit listening to this, (laughs) maybe we'll see you at the club. Yeah. With that, (laughs) Dave and Melina, and we're going to call this a wrap. (laughs) 